Welcome to Netfront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon, Post-Dispatch, joined by the happy beat writers for the Post-Dispatch, Jim Thomas and Tom Timmerman. You know, we've been uh, we've been downers here on the old Netfront for, for several weeks, and it's been a bit depressing watching our heroes uh, sink into the muck here. But, uh, but you know, JT, uh, this game uh, against the, uh, the, the Golden Knight, it looked a lot like the Blues team expected to see all season. They, they got out, actually took a lead, withstood a, a big pushback and, uh, and won a, a three, one game. Yeah. We all, we all have smiley faces here, uh, here today. It was, uh, uh, yeah, it was a, a pretty amazing game. It was like a, almost like a throwback game for, for the legend of Jordan Bennington. Uh, you know, we, we, we hadn't seen that maybe glimpses of it, maybe a game or two early in the earlier in the year from Jordan Bennington, but we, we really hadn't seen a performance uh, like that. And uh, uh, we've never seen a performance where he stopped uh, 50 shots on goal, which, which he did. And uh, uh, you know, as, as, as I was telling you off air, this is like a post-dispatch created uh, content here because uh, uh, on Tuesday uh, I asked Baruby what Bennington needs to do to get going. And, and he goes on the soliloquy about uh, swagger and confidence and getting his edge back. And then Thomas here, uh, Asked Bennington the same question, and Bennington, oh, I haven't lost my swagger. And so right away, there, there's a story created, and and for all the media around the team and the fans, there's this whole swagger issue. And then Bennington comes out, and and uh, uh, like I said, it, it, it's vintage uh, Jordan. It, it seems like he responds well to those situations. I remember last year. Uh, early in the season, he was just kind of okay, and we, we asked Armstrong about it. And, uh, oh, he's been so, so, and, and I'm sure Bennington, you know, Bennington saw that and he went on a streak of really high quality play after that. So, uh, I, I don't know what it is about the psyche of Jordan Bennington, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe somebody should, uh, question something about him, uh, you know, before every game, because he, he sure responded last night. I mean, that was a spectacular performance. Yeah, basically, he was all that stood between that team and a six to three loss. I mean, it could have been, you know, as Vegas could have scored any number of goals. And I was telling Jim this during the game. I mean, when it was two to nothing blues, there was just this feeling that, you know, if Vegas scored, who knows what happens? Because this team is running on such a fragile, you know, basis right now. All of a sudden, it goes two to one. It could have gone three to two Vegas in, in five minutes. So he needed them to hold off those goals um, for the team to get some sort of positive vibes uh, about themselves um, because there was the potential for that, for that game to, to fall apart on them. And it didn't. You know, this team is kind of back to square one, you know, where they were before they got on a run and, and under, under the chief and, and, uh, and went on their, their cup run They're They're in a similar spot with frustrating losses and wondering how the, how they're not scoring and so forth. You know, I guess, JT, the only way out is just you have to win one game and then you have to try to win another game and then, you know, maybe another one and then try to – you can only – you need to build this back, I guess, one one at a time. It's, uh, you know, Jordan needed that. Um, number 91 needed that, scoring a goal off the top. The whole team needed that to actually come out with a win. And, I mean, it's uh, there's no easy way back, but, you know, maybe it's maybe it's one step on a long journey here. Yeah, and I, I don't know, if, and we'll see what happens this weekend with the back-to-back -back with Minnesota. Uh, and as you mentioned, it's a tough journey. They have seven against Minnesota. 
What they still have two with Vegas. I, how many do they have in Colorado? Do they have two or four? Is it? I think. Uh, have they played Colorado and St. Louis? They're, they're done with going to Colorado. I think it's so four. They have four, they four, right? four here. Yeah. So that's right there. That's uh, uh, seven, four, and uh, what? Uh, uh, what is it? Two, two against Vegas. So yeah. yeah. So that's, that's like thirteen of their seventeen remaining games. So and and I and, and the, if they sweep. Minnesota, does that change what, what's on Doug Armstrong's uh, uh, mind going forward as the trade deadline? Again, as we've, we've written and we've said, he, he always kind of lets the teams play, help him decide, you know, whether to be seller or buyer or, 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 or whatever. Does that change his mind? Does he think maybe there are a couple more holes on this team than I, than I thought? Maybe this window might be closing a little earlier than I thought. I mean, that, that I, I'm sure that's all stuff uh, – uh, uh, going through his uh, head, and I, I still think, uh, even with last night's victory, it's uh, you know it's it's kind of unpredictable as to as to which way he'll go. You know, looking at just what they got left. I mean, they got 17 games left. Realistically, they're going to need to win 12 of them to to get into the playoffs, uh, unless Arizona completely falls on its face here down the stretch. So that that's a that's a tall order now. You know, if they take both games from Minnesota this weekend and now they're looking at 10 out of 15, okay, and the team's on a roll and maybe if they climb back into fourth, it looks different. But it's, the you know, they still got a, a tough run. These games, they just, the, the runway is getting short. They don't have a whole lot of room. They got to win a lot of games. So that's, that's tough. But, you know, if they were to do that, if they win enough games to get in the playoffs, then you think, well, now they're hot. Now they're a team on a run coming into the playoffs. But right now, you know, they got they got some work to do to uh, to get there. It's going to be a tough fight. Now, speaking of the uh, the trade deadline coming up on Monday, the uh, Mike Hoffman saga continues. Uh, healthy scratch again with Sammy Blay going in, and it's certainly that move paid off with Sammy scoring a nice goal and adding a different type of play to the element. Uh, I guess regardless of what happens against Minnesota, I'm thinking Doug's going to look for a draft pick here to get, uh, to get Hoffman uh, a fresh start someplace. Yeah. It, it sure doesn't look like he's a fit here or earlier in the season. I mean, uh, uh, he was contributing. He's still like, I don't know, fifth or sixth on the team in, in, uh, in, in points, but that may be a, uh, uh, reflection more on the, this prolonged scoring slump than uh, than uh, anything Hoffman's done, but he's he's just uh, I mean his shot is something to behold, but he's just not an energetic player. He's a player that uh, 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 you know mopes when he's not scoring, which uh, you know a lot a lot of scorers do. I mean I, re- I remember Stasny in in seventeen eighteen my 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 first year on the beat saying saying that about Vladdy. He said, "Well, we all know Vladdy pouts when he's not scoring." And I think Hoffman's like that and, and is a less effective player, but he, he just he just doesn't seem to be a Baruby type player. You you watch him, how he floats on the ice, how how uh you know he's not always interested in 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 defense or forechecking stuff, you know, do, during dirt dirty work. So yeah, see what you can get for him. I, I I think all along Armstrong wanted to get Hoffman as kind of Vladdy insurance, knowing Tarasenko was not going to be available for a huge chunk of the season. And uh, now Tarasenko's back and uh, for, for good, for better or for worse, you're committed to, 
to putting uh, Tarasenko out there. So yeah, why not? Uh, why not move Hoffman? And it was it was kind of uh, Armstrong maybe going for broke. Remember last year with Tarasenko missing sixty one games, the Blues still had their highest scoring team since ninety four ninety five in terms of average goals per game. I guess Armstrong thought, well, that maybe that was lightning striking, and I don't think it's going to strike twice. Let's go out and get another score. It's only a one year deal. It was only four million, and I, I you know. I, my opinion is it, it just didn't work. So, yeah, see what you can get for the guy. They can use the draft picks. You know, coming off a win, he's probably not going to play Friday night against Minnesota because Berube will stick with the same lineup. So he's definitely not playing then, almost certainly. And then, you know, after that, we'll see what happens on Saturday. But, yeah, he's, you know, if, if you're not playing him in these three games, you know, is there any sense in having him around? So at that point, move him on. Uh, you know, they, they've, they've, he was going to be on the third line in a lot of cases anyway, second power play unit, taking him out. You know, I've always advocated that the potential for him to score is so high, but, um, you know, and his Corsi number is not bad. He's among the better ones on the team in that. But, it, you know, at this point, you know, with the way this season is looking, it, it's not as though they need him. I mean, they need him. They need someone who could score. If they had a 30-goal score, that'd be great. But – uh, they're not getting that from Mike Hoffman. Another interesting story that has emerged here recently is uh, Jake Wallman's rise from um, the abyss of <laughs> um, failed prospect abyss. Now he's a successful prospect and uh, his ability to skate the puck. I mean, defensively, there's still things to worry about for sure. And so there's, you wonder how many guys like Jake they can put in the lineup on a, on a particular in a particular game, but nonetheless, uh, boy, a, a big night for him and a, and a good story, JT, uh, as, uh, as the team and the league focuses on, uh, on, on the cancer fight as, as part of its public outreach. Um, you know, Jake's story was, uh, is compelling and, and, and a good to see it for the organization standpoint, you know, having this guy emerge and gain some confidence in an otherwise difficult season. That's a big deal. Yeah, it is. And we've talked before on the net front just about how there was a time when he was, yeah, he was the hot prospect and he, he had a little bit of the boy wonder uh, status to him. And then he just kind of faded away. We've also talked about how uh, Jake has let it, let it be known to, to, to us, how he, you know, how just the frustration of waiting for his chance, just give me an opportunity here. He's, and, and let's go back, uh, you know, a year, two years, uh, even uh, after the 16-17 season, he's got all these defensemen ahead of him in the organization. For a while, none of them were going anywhere. And now this year, okay, uh, you know, uh, uh, Petro's gone. Pareko's hurt. Gunnarsson's out. Uh, obviously, you don't have Edmondson, but that, that, that happened at the start of last season. And, and all of a sudden, he, he gets a chance. And it's like, wow, this, this guy can skate. He's not afraid to shoot the puck or, or, or try to try to do something offensively, jump in the play. What really uh, uh, struck out, uh, stuck out to me last night was his defensive play. I mean, he was, I almost had to take the glasses off and rub the ice. He was actually a couple times moving Golden Knights out of the crease. I, I just haven't seen a Blues player do that. He was hitting people. Uh, he, he was physical in the, in, in the corner. So that, that was, it, it was great to see. <clears throat> and again, kind of in his own little way, it's kind of a Bennington-esque story in terms of just, wow, I, I need a chance. Just give me a chance. Remember, 
he didn't like his playing time with Chicago Wolves and uh, they moved him out. I think it was to Bennington, uh, Bing, Binghampton, not Bennington, to Binghamton just to get some, uh, some playing time, just like uh, uh, Bennington was sent over to, uh, to Providence. So yeah, it, it's a good story. And uh, it looks like, you know, he, he, after last night, he should get some extended run down the stretch. I don't, I don't know what this does to, Bortuzzo. It doesn't look like Pareko's going anywhere. So I, I think Walman will be in the lineup here. Yeah. And as you look at the defensive configuration going forward, if Vince Dunn's not back, um, you know, there's, there's a spot there to be had. And um, while Bortuzzo has been a regular, I was amazed. I mean, last night was the first healthy scratch for Robert Bortuzzo this season. I mean, here's a man who's made his career, you know, being a healthy scratch uh, more often than not. Um, and so, you know, Wallman, you know, has he jumped ahead of Mikola? Is he the, you know, is he the the next guy up as it were? Certainly based on playing time lately, it's been Wallman over Mikola, um, you know, more often than not. Hey, he had a, a two-pad stack save down there at the uh, the right post. Bennington was scrambling around, but Wallman said, I got it, you know, threw himself down in front of the shot. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you're going to earn chief points for sure, throwing your body in front. And so... <laughs> good news there now um i don't know i mean did, did, did colton look better uh last night and but is he anywhere near uh jt uh what we're used to seeing out of 55 i mean he was moving and he got the puck some but man it's just our our expectations for him are so high based on what we've seen in the past and he, man he's giving it a go but you know where do you think they are with uh, with colton and his uh, bad back yeah, it's a it's, that's a good question to us. It, 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 we we haven't seen him torque and unleash that hundred mile an hour uh, slap shot, and, and obviously that's a lot of stress on a bad back. When we I think when we see that, we'll say okay, he's back. He, even the shots he's taken, the few shots that he's taken have, have been just kind of wrist shots. So we're not seeing that, and we haven't seen that kind of that patented end to end rush by Pareko where he gets those, the, the big body movement and, and just picks up speed. And so I, I, I did think he, he looked better. He helped them on the penalty kill with that long reach uh, again, though, that's a tight quarters thing uh, uh, where, you know, he, he doesn't have to, to get up and move. So I, I guess he's better. I, I don't, I don't know what the percentage would be of what, uh, how healthy he is or not, but it seems pretty clear that uh, he's going to stay in the lineup. And, uh, uh, you know, he, he said uh, the other night that all along, this was kind of his timetable on when he wanted to, 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 to come back. And I, I guess it's a question, does a, does a Pareko that's, say, 70% of his health, I mean, I don't know what the percentage is, 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 is that better than having a Miquel in the lineup or a Bertuzzo? I, I don't know, but the, I know mentally for the rest of the team, they've made it pretty clear that it's, it's huge to, to see him back, back out there. Yeah. And I, I think to a certain extent, they need to play him just because that's the only way he's going to feel more comfortable out there, feel more confident uh, that he just, you know, even if he's, he's not going to get to the hundred percent or 80% if he's just skating with the taxi squad or skating in practice. And so they may have to take a little bit of a hit here until you know, I wouldn't say he's hesitant, but he just needs to be fully confident about going into uh, plays and what he can do. And we'll see how long that takes. 
Well, now he's like a latter day uh, Harold Snaps, although much younger with much more hair. Uh, Harold at the end couldn't move at all, but you know he just used his savvy and his size and his reach and could could kill the could kill a penalty and, and here and there. But you know the other thing about Colton that you wonder about it, you know, you always want him to play more physical than he does, and that's you know JT that part of the game. Unlike the great Harold Snaps, I don't know that we're going to see him throw his body around much for, for obvious reasons. It's just going to be a matter of him trying to take away passing lanes and shots with his reach, and, and that's about it. Where else, podcast listeners, would you would you get a Harold Snaps reference? That's 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 what I'm uh, that's what I'm wondering. Only only on the uh, only on the net front. Yeah, it, it looks like yeah, limited role. He's I at least right now. Again, as Tom said, maybe maybe he gets more comfortable. Uh, and uh, uh, more confident in what he's doing, maybe he'll he'll do more. But right now, yeah, I I, I don't think we can expect him to uh, be banging into people. And uh, uh, he he's when he does it, he's pretty effective. I, I he's a guy that I I, uh, I I sometimes I think doesn't know his own strength. It looks like he's just touching a guy, and the guy will, you know uh, be 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 knocked back. But uh, uh, it, it looks like the the Blues are kind of, uh, I don't know if happy is the right word, but they're, they're, they can live with what, what Pareko's giving them right now. I thought it was an interesting move too, although he ended up with, didn't he end up with 19 or 20 minutes, but he's essentially on the third pairing. So, you know, he's not getting his normal uh, 25 minutes. Yeah, but I think they're still not afraid to use him in big, big situations. So, but they are going to be selective uh, with his time. Um but we'll see. That'll be one of the things, you know, watching forward, you know, if this team gets to a point where it's eliminated, do they, you know, shut him down and start getting ready for next season because it's a short off season this year. So, you know, there's a lot of questions going forward here with Colton. Uh, another guy that you wonder about, uh, you know, rest of this year, future, all those things, uh, number 91. And, you know, he, uh, he should be in better spirits now. Got an early break in you know, fired a, a good looking shot over, over uh, Mark Andre's uh, glove and, and pumped some pucks at the net uh, during the game. So uh, Vladimir Tarasenko on the board, um, you know, I guess he's, he's showing you signs of being himself. And, but more importantly, I mean, if he gets one, he might get a bunch because again, it's all one step at a time with the players and the team. And, you know, and he needs that. He needs to get a result to keep himself going forward as we talked about earlier. So, uh, another big positive from that game was just getting him on the board, JT, and, and maybe he starts getting some traction. Yeah, and, and we'll see. I'm still kind of in the in the in the Timmerman camp on on Tarasenko. That you know, we're probably not going to see uh, vintage Tarasenko uh, until next year. He's just been out too long. It was like what four games in 16 and a half months with all the shoulder surgeries, but he's shown glimpses, boy, he came, he came close to scoring a second and, and maybe a third goal uh, last night, but uh, uh, his shot last night looked like it looked like it had more zip than, than, than what we've seen. And that's, that's what's made him this living in the, uh, in the NHL is, is, is his shot. And maybe it's a case, maybe not unlike Pareko where he's getting more and more confident in that shoulder and just to, to, to cut it loose, but it, uh, it, it sure helps. He's got what, he's got three goals now in, uh, in 15 games, but they, they definitely need him to pick it up. You know, this is what the first time they've scored more than two goals since the, uh, 
the losing streak started. They, they've still got a bunch of guys that are in slumps. I mean, Chen, 13 games without a goal. Uh, Sanford, 11 games. Schwartz, 10 games. Thomas, 8 games. Kyrou, 8 games. I mean, normally, like a batting lineup, you're, you're used to, you know, in baseball, maybe at any one time, maybe one or two guys are in a slump. But the, the Blues have like five guys, and I guess you could throw Hoffman in there, too as six, it's just kind of an un, unreal thing. And they're, they're going to, you know, they're going to need the, you know, the Shens and Schwartz's. That was a, uh, a, a great play by Cairo for to set up the Wallman goal, but he, he, I don't even think he played 10 minutes last night. So uh, his, his minutes have been dropping. He's on the fourth line now. So some, if some of these guys don't get moving, it's, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, the one thing you know, Tarasenko, he, he's he. You can tell that he's got a coach. His coaches in his family because after the game last night, he was like, "This is one win. This is one week. We've won one game, you know, and and we gotta we gotta win more than one game." And he is he has fully embraced what the uh, how tough the situation and that he wasn't getting excited about uh, a win over Van, a win over Vegas. It was nice, but uh, a long way to go. And he knows he's got to score more and. Yeah, at least he's shooting. He he had breakaways last. I mean, that was that was something. He, there was there was there were chances. So, um, but yeah, does does he get there? I mean, how many more goals does he score this season in seventeen games? I mean, does he does he get five? You know, what you know what would be a what would be a good number to see out of him the rest of this way? Um, but it's all about next year, I think, for him. Now, talking about this weekend, back-to-back games against the Wild, they're, I think, 4-2-1 and one in their last seven games. Uh, they're coming off of a, a really big victory. Uh, they got loose. They've got uh, Kevin Fiala, who's coming into not his favorite building, uh, playing better hockey overall, good offensive player. They got the rookie, the NHL's rookie of the year, uh, I would say, uh, in the uh, in a, forming a dynamic uh, pairing with him. And they got both goaltenders going uh, with this year with Dean Evanson coaching. Uh, interesting team. They're they're not only uh, ten points ahead of the Blues for that for the, to stay in the playoff bracket, but they're trying to chase down uh, both uh, Colorado and Vegas. So very impressive year the Wild and a year where we thought, you know, this is going to be a rebuilding. We've talked about it before in the net front. Uh, now they get uh, Zach Brise back uh, from COVID. Um, they're um, JT, this is uh, this team's no joke. I mean, they're uh, maybe the the good story of the year on this side of the league. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, they're 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 kind of they're kind of getting close to Vegas. I think they're maybe four points back, so they're they're in Vegas's neighborhood for second place. I don't know if they can they can catch uh, uh, Colorado, but uh, if you're the Blues, the the one and only snapshot you have of the Wild is that two to nothing loss where. You outshot them thirty-seven to eleven. Now, now, granted, uh, some of those shots were for maybe a fair amount of them were for the perimeter, but you you dominated the possession time. Uh, you you uh, uh, control the puck, so you, you've got to have some confidence. Again, it was just one game. Uh, Minnesota was coming all coming. That was a second game of a back-to-back for them, but uh, you you got to have some confidence entering this matchup. You're you're thinking Minnesota. I I didn't see anything tremendous. Uh, I, I know uh, Binnington is aware of Kaprizov's shot. Remember that goal that he had? I think it was the uh, the second goal in that game. Oh. But yeah, not only do they get him uh, 
back to back. Then they uh, they go up to Minnesota, and I, I think it's one of the makeup games they play at Minnesota on on Monday, and then then head back to St. Louis. So, uh, you know, I you know I I think they got to they got to win two out of three here. I would say. You know, even though they're the team the Blues are fighting with is Arizona, in many ways it's going to be Minnesota that determines the postseason for this guy. In seven of seventeen games against the Wild, if they don't do very well against the Wild, there, there's no way to do it because the the clock will run out on them. So uh, they've got to, you know, even probably taking four out of these seven probably isn't enough. I mean, they they've got to have a very effective series because, you know. They just don't play Arizona enough down the way and Arizona might keep winning. So they've got to do well against Minnesota because it's almost half the remaining schedule. All right. Last topic on the net front uh, this week, uh, you know, again, looking forward, I had this question posed to me on uh, KFNS by Frank Cusimano, who are the players to look forward to down the road with this franchise? Because if, before this victory, we're all starting to think more in terms of uh, the future than the current season. And, you know, we've talked about it here on the net front. There's not a ton of, of dynamic um, potential with the uh, prospects, but we just talked about Wallman coming out of the, uh, the mist and uh, emerging as a, as a real player. And, uh, you know, JT uh, heartening news from um, uh, mother Russia here. Uh, it appears uh, Flim Costa and all the good scouting reports have uh, been great, but now we're also seeing some results. So, um, I don't know what that means, if anything, for this year, but for the future, the long-discussed, long-awaited power <laughs> forward uh, might finally uh, be turning that corner and uh, and with results in the playoffs, uh, gaining some confidence. Yeah, he, he scored a goal, and in, uh, in, they're in the, uh, the final four, basically, the Eastern Conference Finals, his team, and he scored in each of the first three uh, – three games. If, if they reach the final, I mean, uh, you can forget about seeing him here for at least for the regular uh, season. And uh, uh, Doug Armstrong told me the other day, Torbchenko, apparently that military service is, uh, is an issue with Torbchenko. <laughs> apparently he's, he might be marching with a rifle right now as we speak uh, somewhere outside of uh, Moscow, but uh, yeah, constant. And he looks the part. He, he's a physical player. He's a, we, when he was here last year for those five games, Blues players were saying he, he's got an NHL shot. He's a good skater, but somehow the production uh, hasn't matched uh, the, the potential. But uh, so that, that's that's a little bit of the mystery of Costin. But he certainly deserves a chance. I I mean, for he certainly can be at least a fourth line guy and 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 maybe a a top nine guy, but yeah, you have him and Wallman. You'd, you'd certainly like to see Thomas get going and, and uh, you'd like to see Cairo be more, con, you know, consistent. He's, he's kind of fallen behind uh, uh, hard times, but uh, right now that's about it. The, the, the blues have some goaltenders in their system, uh, but Colton Ellis is, is doing some great things, but uh, we all know you have to marinate those guys for a while. And poor Joel Hofer, he gets sent to Utica to play games and, uh, the, the comments haven't played a game since he's been there uh, because of uh, COVID. So uh, uh, yeah, they, <clears throat> so, you know, to, to circle back to Hoffman, if they could get a couple draft picks and I, I don't know, could you, can you get a first round pick for him or may, at least a second round pick, you know, I, <clears throat> they could, they could use to try to restock the shelves a little bit. 
Yeah, I mean, you got Scott Perunovich, you know, waiting in the wings. Their Blues are going to be very deep and left-sided defensemen coming up pretty soon. Um, you know, Tyler Tucker is an intriguing player in the minors. He's a very, he's a defenseman and a forward that is interesting to see where he lands. But yeah, I mean, they, they've got a bunch of goalies backed up and they've got Jordan Bennington for the next six years. So um, it's going to be, you know, some of these guys are, are going to be like Yadier Molina backups. Their time will come and go uh, before they, uh, you know, without ever getting a chance to play because they're, uh, you know, unless something uh, happens to Bennington because he's going to be around for a long time. Well, look at us. We got through uh, a half hour podcast and uh, guys, hardly any negativity. Yeah, Playoffs we are going to be tough. Playoffs are going to be tough. Let's make well, that that's clear. True. Yeah. And, and, and JT, I guess we can say uh, after one victory that, um, uh, we have to see a heck of a lot more from our heroes to start really even thinking about the playoffs, but it's got to start somewhere, huh? Yeah, it does. And uh, yeah, I don't know if, uh, depending on your goalie to, to have 50 saves is, is kind of the best, uh, the best formula, but uh, who knows, who knows? I, you know, there were, there were part of this uh, leading up to this time. There were, there, there are some parallels to like January before they took off in the cup year where they were outplaying teams, but still not winning. But the difference in that time, the blues were at least winning some of those games during, during this stretch, they were, they were Oh, six and one. So I don't know. It's, it's been a crazy ride this season. And uh, Hey, we, we, we got at least 17 more of them. Jim, that says it perfectly. There you go. Well, that's Tom needs um, to go get me. vaccinated. Yeah. All right. That's Tom. Uh, thanks to JT. I'm Jeff. Uh, th- remember, you can get all of our podcasts on stltoday.com or your favorite podcast app. And until next time, and I forgot to do my sign off last week, and I was told about that. Until next time, see you.